Fakes, positive all G's. Infrared in that beat. Who make a martyr out me? I take the charters out deep. Don't make tomorrow our peak. If I say she borrow my keys. If I say she borrow my keys, she look like Emily Radikowski. Sonny Bono on skis. Promo runs are not cheap. Mommy hair when she. Molly got her tongue in her cheek. She don't know my name, A Keys. Bitch, I run AC. Chain froze AC. Make green like AC. Boca Chica Key. Costa Rican leaf. Post a vegan recipe. And then she back to sex and me. Haters playing both sides. I don't need no cosign. Call like MJ45. My streaming data for night. Hundreds hands on my fourth flight. My land black, my Porsche white. Yo, bitch, let me know. I can fuck what she left on her Porsche light. Bentley truck, no keys. Rat, no ID. Bezless, shiny. Tim Duncan, five rings. So the way it is down here, everybody goes, oh, there's no state tax in Florida. There's no state tax. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Your Sun Pass bill is going to be motherfucking on you like fucking white on rice. Okay. How much is basically, it? Basically, the way it works is... It's like analytically driven. The person who designed it is actually like very, very, very genius. So depending on the volume on the non-toll throughways, the amount, you know, per mile on the turnpike uh, fluctuates up and down. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, if you're not dealing with Miami Beach, I can drive up to Fort Lauderdale and I can pretty much just drive the whole way without hitting any traffic, but I have to go in the thing. And then, uh, like one time I commuted to the studio in Fort Lauderdale, like three or four times a week for about a month. And then I drove up like out of the state and back down twice. And my son pass was like over 200, which is not that bad. Well, because if you think about, like, if you live in New York, it's like just because there's not a bunch of, like, Verrazano bridges down here, you're still, like, doing shit. You know, you're transversing, like, Jacksonville Harbor, where there's, like, a super elaborate, like, you know, on-ramp, like, you know, matrix and shit. Did I talk about how the harbor smelled in Jacksonville last time? I got to stop slandering Jacksonville. I like to. Whatever. Yeah. So it's still good to have no state tax, but... All right, Strip Club DJ, St. Patty's, a special edition. Margantual is here. It's Mark Madness. It's NCAA preview. Geo Palermo is here. And listen, before, we're going to do Deer Sea Hustle, and we're going to do some Margantual NCAA March Madness preview. But I just want to say to all you people, St. Patrick's Day is this coming Wednesday. Don't fucking try to get out there on Saturday and fucking wear green and it's not St. Patrick's Day yet, motherfucker. Mm. St. Patrick's Day. St. Paddy's is on Wednesday. You can't force it. You can't force it, laddie. Look, and even there, oh, I have a nine to five. Okay, so get out there after work and happy hour and fucking hit it hard and wear your green stuff. And then I will like it on Instagram, but don't post it on Saturday before, you know? What do you guys think about that in general? Like trying to force Halloween when it falls on an off night, trying to force it's like six days before Halloween, but it's like the what, Saturday. Hey, what do you think about that, Mark Anshul? I'm actually okay with it because I mean, no! 
if you're working nine to five, like you said, it just you can't go out on once you're once you're past your mid thirty or mid twenties and you're getting to your thirties, you can't go out on a Wednesday and not be just destroyed the rest of the week. So mm. I'm okay with it. Although you're saying St. Patrick's Day is this Wednesday, right? Because the Saturday before would have been yesterday, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you don't have to get shit faced to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. You can just wear green and take photos and, you know, have a couple of pints. A couple of pints, you know. You needn't shame the motherland by getting utterly shit faced. What do you think about it, Gio Palermo? Do you think that's weak sauce or? I mean. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's kind of weak, but it's not that big of a deal, you know. But if as if somebody if you're working in in bars and restaurants or clubs or whatever, I could see how that would be like. What are you fucking doing, dude? You know, like you'd have the thought of like, don't do that, please don't do that. But they yeah. make more money though, right? Because then if people are going out and celebrating a holiday for three nights or two nights, then you make more money, right? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, St. Patrick's Day is going to go up, like, regardless. It's one of those, you know, Halloween and St. Patrick's Day are one of those. I mean, I don't know. This is just part of, like, my DJ religion. Like, two Halloweens ago, I was basically, like, by myself at Kent Ale House. And ironically, this super hot Irish chick who will remain nameless but went to Texas Christian but was Irish-American by descent basically just came and like you know committed the equivalent of like turning a zero night into like literally one of like the most epic nights of my entire <laughs> tenure in the mid-atlantic you know what i'm saying so so i just feel like you gotta kind of roll the dice like and when you're forcing it on saturday you don't have like that natural juju you know that yeah that real that real, uh, uh, you know, meteorological, astrological alignment. So anyway, all right. Do you guys, who, do you guys want to read Dear C Hustles? Do you want to take turns, Marginshaw? You want to have Geo do it? Do you Marcus guys want to go one and one? Margus, Margus do it. It's well, you guys could go one and one. Are you down with that, Marginshaw? Uh, sure. I think I forwarded it to your email. Uh, we only have two this week, and one of them is from a repeat thing, and that's not us copying Rosilla. We just happened to get an update from uh, Dread and Palmetto Bay. How good is that? I mean, how, it is pretty amazing when you're like, oh, when your assistant just hits you up and they're like, hey, you're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, we have an update from Dread and Palmetto Bay. You're like, oh, <laughs> yes. Mm. Just makes you feel like you're chief of station at the fucking Flock Casinos Embassy in fucking Turkey, you know? So good. And like you just got word that the diplomatic briefcase made it through the checkpoint. So many bags. All right. Well, let's. Alpha Ed, why don't you go first and then Marginshaw will have it loaded up by the time we get to the second one. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. Dear C. Hustle, it's me, Dredd, in Palmetto Bay. I took your advice about asking my production collaborators for specific tracks where I could have a mix sort of my way just for me. They were super cool about it, but now I have another problem. My collaborators are in the business of demo submissions, albeit these demos are essentially completed songs, but sometimes they sit and sit and never get used. My new song that is one of the new collabs that is my mix 
we agreed on a one-fourth ratio, is dope. And yesterday, one collabor- collaborator mentioned they might have to send it to an A&R. What if I want to keep the record for myself? I'm happy to let them hear it, but what the hell, man, we got no submissions for me yet. So how am I to incline myself to essentially sacrifice my new mix song to some arbitrary faceless white guy at fucking selloutville records big <laughs> fan homie keep up the good work dread in palmetto bay <laughs> i would just be like look i'm gonna put this out in a hundred days you can send it to whoever the fuck you want you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but if they don't fucking take what i consider to be reasonable forthright action within the 100 days and really within the first 90, you know, if you're coming in the final 10, you better be on some shit. And I would just cap it that way. I'd be like, I mean, maybe on your first one, if you can afford it, you should try to just let them set into the A&R cause you never know what could happen. Um, but yeah, if you can afford it, try to let it slide this time. But, um, I understand I can empathize with the records sitting on the shelf. That's why I only dropped one record last year, you know? Uh, it's hard to get a record out this the, nowadays. And by record, I mean single. I mean, I put out one single last year. What do you, what do you think, Al-Fayed? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with putting some uh, feet to the fire. So I'd say just fucking go for it, man. Fuck it. Morgantua, uh-huh. any any thoughts or feelings? Uh, unfortunately, no. I, I'm really uh, – I don't even listen to music anymore, much less Korean. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I so, could add. Well, you're right because San Francisco is one of the strictest coronavirus, so it's not like you've even been going to baseball games or bars or anything, restaurants. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I mean – yeah, I'm in LA now, but it's kind of the same. Oh, forgive me. Yes, I keep always doing that. LA's been pretty strict too, though, right? Yeah, LA is pretty much the same. I mean, yeah, it's 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 we're still pretty far away from opening stuff up. I think so. Um, so you walk in a CVS and you hear Wilson Phillips, and it goes, "I know there's pain." You're like, "I don't even acknowledge this." You're like, "This doesn't even affect me." Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I, honestly, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I used to listen to music back in the day, but it was uh It's cool. Horrible Dude, it can be tiring. A lot of people tire of music. A lot of people tire of music with lyrics. You know, there's a big genre on Spotify now of uh, like ambient chill and like meditative sleep music, you know? Eight-hour fucking meditative sleep ambience. Uh, all right, well, that's cool. Do you Were you able to load them up, Marginchel? You want to read the second one? Sure. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Thank you very much, man. All right. So, dear C Hustle, my ex used to dance, and we are now kind of long distance fling. She's mm. no longer dancing and is living fat off Grandpa Jose Biden stimuli packages. <laughs> <laughs> Even still, I want to help her more than 1400 I can. Fourteen hundred a kid. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Even still, I want to help her more than I can, and want a possibility of a future with her and her seven-year-old uh, daughter. Uh, the baby daddy's out of the picture. She mentioned OnlyFans and how she was uncertain. I told her I would not begrudge her if after the pandemic, 
uh, she needed to do OnlyFans to get by. <laughs> she is now relo- relocated from a former dancing region and is in the western mid-Atlantic in a form of quasi-self-imposed witness protection and has purchased a home for her and her daughter in a very rural area. Am I wrong for saying OnlyFans is not a deal breaker? If I could just set her and her kid up, I would, but I am still just on the rise financially. And the pandemic has been hard on me as a creator, uh, DJ slash MC and video director. Cheers, homie. Great pod. So this is from Diallo in Martinsburg, uh, West Virginia. Okay. Damn. I'm sure there are not a lot of Diallos in Martinsburg. Maybe fucking use a pseudonym on him next time. My bad. All right, Diallo. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Thank you for reading that. That was fucking amazing. Uh no, dude, you're not. Uh don't for like don't like try to like force her to do it, but like if she wanted to do it, you wouldn't be able to stop her. Anyway, you know, so the fact that you're like cause dude, Morgan, are you familiar with OnlyFans? Is it is it a cam thing for porn, like online porn or something? Yeah, but it's not necessarily live. Like uh you just you just it's explicit subscription, you know, direct to consumer based platform. And uh I'll just say I hope these young ladies are paying taxes because they're a lot of them are making a lot of money on there. A lot. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. And a lot of them don't even post their faces, you know, so they they can sort of like remain anonymous. So if she is able to remain anonymous and or whatever, even if she has fucking old clients from her old city, that uh, the other thing about it, Marganshul, I think is like uh, it can't be screenshotted. Or like if you try to screenshot it, you like get blocked or some shit. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the point of it is like, it's like Snapchat. It's like disappearing messages, you know, disappearing videos, disappearing photos to the best that you can do. So, I mean, obviously, you know, girls, entire OnlyFans have leaked to the internet, you know, that's like a thing that's happened or whatever. But, um, so yeah, dude, if she can, or even if she has old clients, as long as they don't know where she lives now, uh, and they're not like screenshotting it and trying to make trouble in her old town, then it's fine. Cause like I said, they, a lot of the photos, they don't have to even put their face in there. Sometimes I've heard girls be like, yeah, guys give me like 200 every week for like pictures of my feet. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm real. Really, no, I don't. <laughs> it just- I, it's crazy. I mean, cause I don't know. It's just like, so no, no Diallo, you're not. And, but simultaneously you don't have to, I don't have to pressure her about it. What do you think, Alphiad? I think it's been said, man. I kind of agree with you. Do you do, were you familiar with OnlyFans? Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. Morganchel, do you know what Patreon is? Not really. So I listened to the um, Tim Dillon show when he always talked uh, about Patreon, but I don't yeah. know what it is because I guess that's the non-free podcast that he has. So, so yeah, I and I was thinking maybe we could start doing like one a month that was on Patreon. Um, so basically the way pay, you can be on Patreon and it can not cost anything. You can post whatever you want on there. You can treat it like a SoundCloud or a Spotify, mostly for podcasting, but you can post video on there too. But the thing is, it's kind of like only fans for like intellectual audio podcasts. So I'll give you guys an example. There's a podcast. I'll give them a plug cookies, hoops, very like kind of hipster, uh, highbrow, 
basketball New York podcast, but they would talk about a lot of other stuff, usually for half the pod before they got to basketball. Ben Dietrich is a style contributor for the New York Times. They went to fucking Patreon. You can still get their pod on the podcast app, but you have to wait like five or seven days. And they said, hey, it's five bucks a month. And they fucking got me, dude, because one day I was driving down to work on like a Monday and I just couldn't find what I was looking for. You know, Rosillo had someone I didn't give a fuck about. Bill Simmons had someone I didn't give a fuck about. I wasn't in a mood to listen to Jesus and Miro really do comedy right then. So I paid the five bucks and I've been paying it ever since. So even if you have a small subscription base, you know, you can make money or whatever. So maybe Mark Gantual can do a solo pod on Patreon and we can just try to like exploit the highbrow, like left coast elitists. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, but to answer this person's question though, first of all, I'm a pretty conservative person in general. And even I see no problem at all with this OnlyFans thing. I mean, if it's, if, if you're not actually, if, if, the, if the fans aren't asking for like a dude to show up and like bang you and then have pictures sent of it, that, that's different. But if it's just like, <laughs> send, like pictures of your like feet and stuff and like whatever, I don't see any problem with that, especially for somebody who used to dance who probably doesn't have inhibitions about that. So I wouldn't even think twice about it. I think it's totally fine. Well, and also she can do OnlyFans this year, next year, the year after that, and the year after that. But eventually, she might not be able to do OnlyFans. Although, I mean, who knows? We might just continue into a future just like how 50- and 60-year-olds continue to rap and DJ. Then maybe 50- and 60-year-old, like, adult entertainers will continue to adult entertain. Uh, I'm trying to think of the oldest dancer I ever met in a club. I think it was 48. Damn. Yeah, in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. But she was really kind of more like a, like a, are you guys familiar with the concept of a house mom? Oh, yeah. So a house mom, uh, Margantual, she'll hold down like the girl's locker room, almost like a, like a very, very rich man's bathroom attendant. So she's got cologne, she's got gum, she's got a sewing kit, she knows how to sew, she's got glue if you break your heel uh she'll provide emotional support whatever you know and the girls tip them and stuff this dancer was kind of more of like a front of house uh house mom and she was also like an organizer like she would organize vip parties and and packages you know and uh get girls you know involved and then have a you know, a larger, you know, party in the, in the VIP section that she sort of like organized. So she was almost kind of like a coach more or less than a player. Anyway, whatever fucking only fans till they die. Uh, the other thing I was going to say about this fucking, this rapping stuff is I was thinking about it like a player coach with Bill Russell getting in to the hall of fame as a coach, but he was like a player coach. I was thinking about it. You know what really the better analogy is? Is a penalty kick in soccer. Because you could be old as shit, but if you have your shit together, you could come out and take a penalty kick and probably still score it, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think that's like the better analogy. Not that like the rapper can can come off the bench and play like a full 48 minutes, but that the rapper can come into the game and score a penalty kick that makes you go, oh shit, you know? (laughs) 
So anyway, all right, where do you guys want to take us from here? Should we, let's just get to the, let's get to the money. Let's get to the NCAA preview. Uh, where do you want to start, Mark Antuil? Take the lead here, big, big dog. First the literally one shining moment. I gotta say that when they play that song, I get so happy. No, uh, <laughs> I, was, I, I mean, thought you were gonna say you it knocks a tear out your eye. <laughs> oh gosh. So so yeah, it, it was great to watch the selection show today. Although uh, no offense, Charlie, to start off, but Big Ten, Big Ten needs to fucking get over themselves and get off their fucking high horse because the selection show was at three p.m. today, and the Big Ten conference title game tipped off at twelve thirty. Of course, it went to overtime, spilled over into the, into the selection show, didn't end until 3.07 or 3.08 Western. Mm. So the entire country tuned into the, into the selection show, and we had to watch about seven minutes of Big Ten Conference basketball, which nobody outside of the Midwest cares that, about. And that is so annoying it. because don't you think eventually they have Big Ten 1 slotted one place and Big Ten 2 slotted the other, you know? Like they, exactly. could just, they could just go forward with that, the way they do it in the NFL where it's like – Packers or Bucks, you know? Yeah, but it's like, dude, you guys should just, I mean, this, the selection committee, they probably meet in the morning and go over this all day. It, it would just be, they should just play their conference title game the night before, the way the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the ACC did. And even if they're going to play on Selection Sunday, they should start earlier. In, I mean, the a- AAC tipped off at like 8 a.m. or something. So, I don't know. It was just a little pet peeve, but um, that is annoying and they don't deserve it because they haven't had a team win a national title in like what, since uh, Indiana or maybe Maryland's was more recent, but that was when Maryland wasn't in the big 10. So I think it was Michigan state in the 99, 2000 season. Off the top of my head. That's what I think. Um, But yeah, yeah. Maryland beat Indiana, but I know. Wow. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Maryland was lit. Um, Another oh, Maryland though, versus Indy. Yeah, what a great title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, though, looking at the brackets, just a thought that I had that's a little disappointing. The 16 versus the 1 isn't exciting or fun anymore. Now that UMBC beat UVA two years ago, when I see the 1 versus 16s, I don't even care if it's an You want to just give them a bye? Well, I mean, because every year you would see the bracket and you would say – is this the year? Could that team beat beat a one? You know, is this? I wouldn't mind it like they did in the NFL this year. Expand it by one per region and give the number one seed a bye. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Rather than doing the first four thing and just well, and I hate I hate the first four. I hate the play in. I hate like I liked. I mean, look, I understand at one time there was forty eight teams. I was born in the eighties. I came up in a 64-team tournament. You know what I'm saying? I came up where it was Sweet 16, Elite 8. Shit, I motherfuckers used to say Great 8 all half the time back in the day. Great Ape. Great Ape. Great Ape. What do you think think about that, Alphia? Do you think that the Big Ten is uh, being a little bougie? Yeah, fuck the Big Ten, honestly. You're a Maryland guy. What are you talking about? Well, I'm still – I still have ACC loyalty. You, Yeah, you haven't even really accepted it yet, have you? It's still so weird to me. I mean, there's no reason for it. You have, like, a picture of, of JFK and Jackie Onassis. And, or, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know who had a funny – this is a complete side note, but I was uh, working uh, on some writing projects with this guy who produced some films with 
one of them had Frank Vincent in it, and he had a big house in the Hamptons. And he had this fucking portrait, a wedding portrait in his fucking basement. And I was like, dude, who is this? And he goes, dude, that's the son of Vincent the Chan Gigante and his bride on his wedding day. And I was like, well, why the fuck do you have it? And he was like, they got divorced. And I was like, is this the plot line from The Sopranos where Tony has the photo with the horse and he wants him to get rid of it? And then Paulie like fucking resurrects it or I'm like, what? <laughs> but it was a really nice painting. So shout to Vinny Lechin. Um, yeah, no, Mark Gintrell, I totally agree. I mean, I think that I love Juwan Howard. I think he was doing a lot against the Maryland coach. I mean, I didn't see what happened, but like, it wasn't like no one got hurt or anything. Right. It wasn't like a super cheap shot. Was it? I mean, that's not how that kid broke his leg. Was it? Yeah, there, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, Jawan Howard and Mark Turgeon. Right, that was in, what, the quarterfinals of the Big Ten yeah. Um, tournament? Yeah, so basically what I read was that, you know, they played twice during the regular season. Apparently there was some yap and, and a little bad blood. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Jawan Howard definitely instigated it and just walked over to the bench and started saying something. And then basically Mark Turgeon was like, fuck you, don't talk to me, fuck off, like, fuck you. And then um, – yeah, basically, Juwan Howard had to be held back, and he got two texts. First of all, yeah, for what it's worth, though, Juwan Howard would beat the fucking shit out of Mark Turgeon. Well, he's isn't he? Dude, I told you that story about it when he came to Steve Fisher basketball camp, and someone said, how big is Shaq? And he said, you, come up here. And I had on a Chris Weber Sacramento Kings jersey. And he was like, you see, I was like, I had gone through a quasi-growth spurt, so I was like six foot, maybe six one at this time. And he goes – you see how much bigger I am than him? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, that's how much bigger Shaq is than me. <laughs> but yeah, he's, and he's still in great shape. Like, dude, Juwan was like still in uniform on the heat bench, like three and a half years ago. You I know? seriously like Udonis. He wasn't playing. Like they were carrying both of them, dude. That's so funny. It's like, yeah, we just have two guys who like don't play, but like they'll fuck you up. They'll role. tell you to well, they'll tell you to do shit, and if you're not defending, you know they'll get in your fucking face. Um, all right, so and also Michigan's got a number one seed, but I don't think we can consider them the same way, right, Marganchul? Because one of the best players has a broken leg, right? A uh, broken foot, but so he's done. May, maybe not. They haven't ruled him out. Uh, Isaiah Livers. Um, so that's a fracture. Yeah, it's it's he's probably done. It's not guaranteed, but. Uh, I mean, they're definitely the worst of the four number ones because of that. I mean, they were undefeated for a long part of the season, and then they had a couple losses at, at the end of the year. But, yeah, that's a big loss for them. So, um, But I, I can tell you who I'm rooting for. You guys want to know who uh, I'm rooting for? No. USC. Rick, Rick Patino, the uh, I, no. I, I oh, no. I, oh, I'm rooting for him Mitchell. so Come bad. Because I want to hear – I want to hear – the um, ESPN revisit all the allegations of, against him with the, you know, six second cheating on his wife bang session on a table at an Italian restaurant in Kentucky. Dude, can we, I'm going to tweet at Funhouse to see if he can aggregate the clip of when someone said to Mike Francesa that he banged or whatever they said and Francesa corrected him. And he was like, it was not a brothel. It was an Italian restaurant in a private party room after close. Exactly. And I was like, I was like, damn, Mike. I was like, that's like kind of hyper detailed. You're like, that's quite not extensive. Uh, Mike Francis, I got like the CIA Cosa Nostra report on the entire incident. 
That is so damn. It's like, and then Patino fucking whipped it out and stuck it inside a, and the fucking room exploded. Hmm. It doesn't Six. stop there, though. I mean, he also had the he paid Brian Bowen. He had uh, an assistant coach paying strippers to bang recruits. I mean, that it's, is uh, bad. That is really, really. That's not bad in that we are obviously sex positive and sex work positive here, but the recruits can buy their own sex workers. Like that's not, not to say that the recruits don't deserve to be able to afford sex workers, but sometimes you can't buy things for people before they're ready. Like you can't give your seven year old a fucking jet ski. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, the GMs don't come straight out of high school. (laughs) Patino's a fucking vampire, dude. I, I'm not. It's not because I like him. I just want this story to go on. Well, and, and it's think, fucked up because I love Iona. I mean, I love uh, you know Westchester County School. Of course, man. I went to a college in Westchester. I've done DJ performances at Iona. You know, they've been out for a tournament for a while. And they're actually a pretty decent team. I think they've made five tourneys in the last you know ten years. It's a nice situation. It's a nice fucking campus. It's a forty-five minute extra- express train from New York City. Uh, there's a lot of options. You know, when it's not uh, a pandemic, novel coronavirus nineteen. Uh, all right. So what was Iona seated? They're fifteen. Wow. And who do they have? Let me look up. I forgot. They're about to get fucking smizzoked. Though you never know. They might grandfather Patino back in. They got Alabama. They're fucked. But do you, yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, I could see, like, Iona maybe having some skilled shooting and ball handling. What do you think, Alphite? Are you rooting for the interview with the vampire? Yeah, totally. Oh. Yeah, that would be redemption. funny. No, there's no redemption. He's irredeemable. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's, you know. What if there was a new Twilight movie and Patino was in it? He's got a new nice. Who else is a vampire in college basketball? Is Krzyzewski a little bit of a vampire? Yeah, but their season's over. It's kind of anticlimactic. Now, like, I don't even care about Duke anymore. I used to, like, be like, Duke. I only hated Duke because the Fab Five lost to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Fab Five Five lost to Carolina and Duke. It was, like, the two most blue blood, you know? It's like losing to, like, the Cowboys and the Steelers or, like, the Lakers and the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, well, fuck these guys. All right, so what advice do you have for the fans at home, Morgan Shul? Who do you see as a uh, – you know, I was thinking dark horse is kind of a racist term. Uh, how can I phrase this? Who do you see as a, uh, as a sleeper? Who are some sleepers? Yeah, that's, see, that, that's tough. I mean, this is a pretty chalky bracket. I mean, I know you can say that every year, but – I think Gonzaga and Baylor are really, really good, and they're kind of the tier one, and Illinois is right there behind them. If you look at the odds, I mean, Gonzaga's plus 220 right now, which is pretty insane. And Should they win it? Should this be the year? I would is like it, to see them, yeah. Kind of I mean, like the Dodgers in a plant pandemic year, they finally kind of get it done because it just kind of goes chalk. They've been the best team 
they get rid of the cheating. Is it time for Gonzaga? Yeah, I mean, so they would have been a, lot, a number one seed last year had the tournament happened. Um, Gonzaga made the championship game a couple years ago, and they lost to North Carolina. I mean, you, when you think about Gonzaga, normally you think about them choking. But this is a different Gonzaga team. I mean, Jalen Suggs was a five-star recruit. He's going to be a top-five pick. Usually, Gonzaga doesn't get five-star high school All-Americans. Um, do you remember Austin Day, Charlie? He played for the Pistons. Vaguely. Yeah, he was, from, he was a five-star McDonald's All-American from Gonzaga. But other than that, usually it's not really five-star guys. But, and then they also have some, you know, Corey K- uh, Kispert and some other, you know, upperclassmen guys. If you look at a mock draft, they, mock draft, they, has a, they have about three first-round picks. So they, they're really talented and they're experienced. And so, I, I, I mean, this is, fun. this is their year. They got to win it this year. Gonzaga, Rui Hachimura is turning out okay. You know, they kind of – and you know who else? Did Kaminsky play for the Zags? No, Wisconsin. Okay, fucking – but what about Adam Morrison? Yeah, but he wasn't – He didn't yeah. really work out. Michael Jordan no. drafted him. That was kind of weird. Uh, Al-Fayed, quick segue, and then we'll go back to the NCAA. Rui Hachimura on your Washington non-bullets. How have you been uh, – have you been pleased with his improvement this season? Yeah, seems pretty good. Uh, he seems like a pretty uh, easy guy to root for. You love his background. Uh, you know, plays hard. Can't ask for much more from him. He's Haponesa too, or Haponesa. I, you know, what? That's Mark Andrew, how how far? Yeah, I. He look. I'm not saying he's most improved player, but I think he's definitely like top seven consideration. Mm-hmm. For most improved, and we'll come back to the Wiz. So, Marginchul, what can I expect from the, from the Wolverines with this player having a broken leg now? Uh, are they Sweet Sixteen? Broken foot, yeah. Elite so, Eight. I actually think that Michigan's in a pretty tough. So they're in the East bracket. I think it's pretty tough. Alabama's number two. Nate Oates is a nasty coach. He took both Buffalo into the tournament deep a couple times. From Nate what Oates, I dog. Yeah, he's, he's a good coach. He's not the type of guy you want to play in the tournament. You know, it's always good guard play, good defense. They're a good shooting team. Um, Florida State is scary as a four. Florida State is the best team in the ACC, although they lost to Georgia Tech. And, by the way, Josh Passner sighting, which was shocking. I completely forgot about him. You guys remember Josh Passner? No. Really? Okay. No. Yeah, he used to be uh, – he was an assistant with um, – Arizona back in the day, and that you would know. Google him. Wait, Google back him. in the day with like Miles Simon back in the day, or back in the day with like. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He was a super young. He was under Lou Olson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He was, okay. He was a super young, like hot shot assistant. Um. So he was a player in the '97 Arizona National Championship team. He was an assistant under Lute Olson, Lute Olson um, and also. Okay, I definitely Tom know if he was on the '97 Arizona fucking national team. I definitely know that guy because that was one of the most iconic games. Dude, I was on a fucking ski vacation with my parents, and uh, they tried to make me go to bed, but I had like a separate TV in my portion of the. It was like a two-bedroom like rental cabin or something. Mm-hmm. And dude, I fucking watched that nice. They beat they beat the fucking Wildcats, dude. That's rad. I mean, whatever. I was like fourteen, but that shit was late. I mean, no, I was younger than fourteen. Ninety seven, yeah. 
almost like 13 maybe, but you know, it was rolling late, you know, it was like fucking 11, 11 30. They were talking about some kind of fucking, you know, ski lesson the next morning. I was like, fuck, <laughs> that. fuck that noise. It's like, I'm going snowboarding and I'm watching fucking Mike Bibby. It was Miles Simon and Richard Jefferson. I think Richard Jefferson was later, actually. Um, I know it was My- Mike Bibby and Miles Simon. Yeah, let's see. Good guard play. Yeah. Right oh, they had Luke Walton. Yeah, I don't know when he was. I thought that he was later. He was in. The, he was on the team like the early two thousands. So here I got it. Mike Bibby, Miles Simon, Jason Terry. I remember Jason Terry. Oh. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that was why I didn't go to sleep because I knew the Jet was going to put in that work. Yeah, a couple other NBA guys, Michael Dickerson and Mm. A.J. Bramlett. I don't know who A.J. Bramlett is, but apparently he played. It's a pretty good fucking squad. And then your guy, what's this guy's name, Passion? Josh Passner. He, okay. he, he didn't play though. He was more of, I mean, he was just. He was more of like a nepotism walk on ceremonial. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I so, mean, he was, he was a coach and waiting top type guy. And then he, uh, he coached Memphis and, you know, he got fired. And anyways, it was just, just a t- tangent because I just remembered him really well from back in the day. Um, and who's he coaching right now again? Sorry. Uh, Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech yeah. won the ACC, surprisingly. Um, they kind of out of nowhere. So, um, but yeah, anyways, so we were talking about the bracket. I mean, I, I think overall, big picture, I, I, it's a pretty good bracket. I don't really have too many gripes. I think um, the, the teams that got in deserved to be in, and there weren't really any, any bad omissions. But What's the deal with regular season versus tournament now? Like, they're only given one automatic bid, or the tournament winner gets an automatic bid? Like, who gets that automatic bid? The yeah, it's the uh, from each conference is whoever wins the conference tournament. So you could be fucking, you could win no games all year, and you come in and you win the conference tourney and you're going to the dance. Yep. That's that's, that's pretty amazing, dude. Because they didn't even have conference tournaments back in the day, you know. Yeah. There would but, just be like games. Yeah, but I mean it. It it depends though. I mean, for example, on Gonzaga's conference, the WCC, um, they had two buys. So, are conference we're, tournaments now part of March Madness because half of the tournament takes place in April? I mean, you can think of it that way, but it's still considered. Hang on, sorry, hang on. There's a mini bike. Say that again. <laughs> it's a, it's considered regular season, actually. But just just like vibe wise. Oh, definitely. Is it to the point now? I was thinking that, right? Like, what do you think, Alphite? Is it to the point now, because half the tournament is played in April, that if if I came over and I was like, hey, can I turn on, like, the game? And the tournament hasn't started yet. And you're like, what are you going to put on? And I go, March Madness. And I put on a conference tournament. Are you going to be like, okay, that's chill? Or, like, get the fuck out of my house? Yeah, it'd be chill. I mean, I you can watch when it gets to the tournament stuff. It's it's pretty. But is it March Madness? Yes. Is the conference tournament? Yeah, yeah. I think you can. I think you can. I think you could broadly characterize it. Is this the first year that we can kind of say that definitively, or do you think it's been that way for a while? Because that kind of just occurred to me this year.
I think it's always been like that, actually. The implication is that March Madness includes specifically at least the tail ends of the conference tournaments. Yeah. Because also, a lot of these, I mean, half, half of these conference tournaments, it's one big leagues, you know? So, dude, they you know. should be, in my opinion, also the semifinals and the finals for the five or six best conferences. Those games, if you want to simulcast it on NBC Sports or CBS Sports, fine. But you need to put that on the fucking major network also, you know, in my opinion. Like, though that's part of the reason why, like, it used to be the only place you could see the game was on CBS. Like, I think the Pac-12 championship game should be on fucking CBS. Like, regular CBS. Yeah, the, I mean, the Big Ten was today. I think, I think yesterday the SEC – or no, the SEC was on today. The weekend uh, ones are probably easier because they don't conflict with, like, young Sheldon. Yeah. Alphaed, <laughs> how much do you love young Sheldon? I've never seen him. Can you imagine trying to bump young Sheldon and CBS executives just pull out, like, an M16? They're like, oh. back, they're like back up. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> You're like, hey, we've got fucking uh, – we've got, you know, Kentucky uh, – Fucking LSU for the fucking. All right, so so I agree, dude. I think the Zags, if they don't get in and get it done this year, Mark Few might be looking at a dark future. No, they'll never fire him. He'll coach until fucking he dies. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a really good coach. Um, so yeah, one one thing that's weird about the March Madness this year though is because. Normally, so the first round is Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, the round of 32 is Saturday, Sunday. It's, it's weird, though. It's starting on Friday now. So Thursday, that fir- that first Thursday, is just going to be those first four games, which is kind of weird. And then there's going to be games on Monday. So it's going to be weird this year. Uh, so just be prepared when you're setting your calendar for which games to watch. I don't uh, – I don't – really mind a couple days last year i felt like it was too fast uh the past couple years between selection sunday and this the play-in games and then the start of the actual tournament i felt like i didn't have any time to aggregate my bracket well you don't actually pick those the first four games though um usually the brackets are just you know michigan state slash here's the other thing i hate every play-in game should be a 16 seed why is this 12 seed playing still going on? I don't get that at all. I actually disagree. I think I think if you win your conference, you should be in no matter what. Because so so if you look at the playing games, one is Wichita State Drake, 11 versus 11, and then the other is the Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. Wichita, uh, Wichita should not be in the what they've done for this tournament over the past half decade. Wichita should not be in a fucking playing game as an 11 seed, dude. Yeah, they. I'd actually, rather see them as a 12-5 because they've been very exciting for the past like four or five years. Yeah, and also UCLA should not have to play a playing game because they're so there's I think 17 and nine, and they have a, so RPI was replaced by Net, which is this new rating system. They were number 47 in the Net, and then uh, the Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage are 15 and 12 and they're 70 in net. So 
I mean, Michigan, UCLA has a much better record and a better, you know, uh, net rating, but still, it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, UCLA so, is also a blue blood program. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why they, that's why the NCAA selection committee did this because it's, you know, blue blood versus blue blood, you know, Michigan state, UCLA, um, they wouldn't have done UCLA, Wichita and then Michigan state Drake. I mean, they're just trying to get rate, you know, TV, uh, eyeballs, which is annoying. <clears throat> well, look, how awesome is it that there is a tournament this year? It's pretty fucking good. I'm happy. I mean, it's been two years. So, I mean, I know, I know, uh, Gio Palermo, you're probably not even going to watch. You're just going to watch NBA. But you know it, man. <laughs> this is uh, this is my this is probably my second favorite thing in in sports after the first college football Saturday of the year. I'm not even a huge college basketball guy, but I got to admit I was fucking pissed there was no tourney last year. Because as someone who like you know DJs at bars where games are broadcast on televisions, that was fucking killing my pimping, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's good. Even though I'm not going to watch it, it's. I would agree. It's oh, stop, dude! You'll start. You'll he'll he'll tune in for the Sweet Sixteen. Maybe. Are you really not going to watch it? Because I remember two years ago you were. You said you weren't going to watch it, and then you did, and then you said, "May I call by the games have been good." It was cute. Yeah. I'm hoping that happens again. You're really. You're not even going to watch Maryland in the first round. No, I watch them. Fuck them. <laughs> He's <laughs> strong on you. So one thing I missed about Stu Gatz, because I stopped listening to Dan Lampetard's show because I just couldn't take his politics. But every year, Stu Gatz would do um, this thing where they would uh, he would break down all the teams, not, knowing literally nothing about the team, and he would just say, oh, yeah. yeah, the UMBC Retrievers, great guard play, you know, like great shooters and blah, 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 and just talk about And they do the, the Stephen A. Smith, Tom Izzo, and them boys. Uh, what I mean, he would. Or just you just talk- name the coach, and then you say, "And them boys." You just say like really general things that could be applied to. But specifically, that was like a thing because Stephen A. Smith, someone made a sizzle reel with like <laughs> fourteen examples of Stephen A. Smith saying like a blue blood coach and them boys. It's amazing. So they started doing it. All- I'm sorry. Continue, Margantrol, please. Well, it's a little bit more than that, actually, but because he would talk about you know great shooting, great guard play, great whatever. And then, you know, don't be surprised if the Ducks are, you know, you know, in the Final Four or whatever. And it was just really funny. Jump um, up and bite you. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, a couple, a couple other things. Um, one thing that was cool to see, actually, was Pat, uh, Patrick Ewing getting Georgetown into the tourney. They were 13-12 yeah. in the season, but they won the Big East tourney. That's it's a great hard. story, but then he did a press conference, which really made me sad because he basically said – he was mad that security checks his pass and that he actually has to show identification. And he was saying, quote, don't they know who the hell I am, end quote. And that pissed me off because he was this entitled. No, Margantual, come on. That's Patrick fucking Ewing, dude. Yeah, but you have to show your pass if you're fucking trying to get into VIP or on the court or whatever. It's First just of all, there has been examples where James Dolan has not had his pass and hasn't been allowed in immediately. That said... If it was fucking Disney on ice and Patrick Ewing is trying to fucking sneak in the fucking loading entrance, that's one thing. He's showing up for a fucking Big East semifinal. There's no excuse. And he's seven foot one. Like, just speaking from 
like, dude, future came into our club last week with like 40 of his people. Right. And immediately, like all the rules went out the window. Like we were just playing mad trap, mad N words, fucking people were smoking weed because (laughs) you know, like they paid a bunch of money to basically rent out the VIP at the same time. They even brought their own DJ. Yeah. Uh, so and it, sometimes like when you see a seven foot one guy, like you should probably just be like, all right, man. Um, totally dude. Do you mind if I just walk with you, uh, and tell my supervisor to try and meet us like down the, at the end of the gully or whatever, because obviously someone made a mistake. You know what I'm saying? Like some shit, like the guy's seven one. Hmm. If it was like Mark Jackson, he was like, this is a disgrace. I could understand. But it's Patrick Ewing, dude. Like the guy. But it's also it's James Dolan's fault for just like he's very it's like a very weird uh nexus when you work within the MSG organization. It's like just from what I gathered from like the Isaiah Thomas sexual harassment scandal. And, like, other shit, like Charles Oakley getting fucking the shit beat out of him by the police and Spike Lee not being fucking allowed in to the normal entrance. Like, what I understand, it's an ego thing. Like, and James Dolan sometimes just needs to be like, all right, dude, like, yes, technically I own Madison Square Garden and I have the goons to enforce it. But, like, do I need to, like, shit on the black people who, like, helped build the culture of this city like i could try not to do that you know Mm. try but they're hiring people who are just willing to work for the wage and wear the uniform and there's no education of like hey see that jersey out there that's patrick ewing this is what he looks like if he ever shows up you know just take him to like this fucking area or whatever what do you think, Gio? I Orgentual, it's not like Patrick Ewing was even like, fuck James Dolan. Like, he can suck my dick from the back. Like, he's, he was just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, this is what he said. So, if he wants to talk to James Dolan, it's fine. But I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of this. I just thought it was annoying because here was this quote Everybody in this, in this building should know who the hell I am, and I'm getting stopped. I can't move around this building. I'm like, what the hell is in this Madison Square Garden? It's like, whatever, just show your fucking pass. Like, it's not a big deal. He, I don't think he had a pass. He should have done what Run DMC did when they tried to stop them. And I think Run said, I beg your pardon, but this is my motherfucking garden. <laughs> but I think after that, they probably still had to verify their, like, validation or whatever. I mean, I, oh. yeah, like, honestly, they should know who he is. But to be like, I, me, me, I flirt the rule. Like, I... You know, I don't have to follow the rules. Why would they? Why would they accost me? Like that just sounds like you're being an idiot. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. You should know who fucking Patrick Ewing is. Like, you should. Like, if you work at MSG, it's like there's like five people. It's like Billy Joel, like Patrick Ewing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like James Dolan, and like John Leguizamo. It's amazing. Dolan loves Leguizamo. Does he really? Yeah, he's always got him. That's so good. I mean, Leguizamo is kind of underrated thespian. Yeah, he's good, man. He's awesome. 
Did you guys see that movie with him and Brian Cranston where they're undercover DEA in South Florida? Yeah, that that movie's awesome. Mark Antrell, you'd really like it. It's fucking dope. What's it called? What was the name of it, Alphiad? I can't remember, but it's... God good. damn it. Uh, real quick, what's your favorite John Leguizamo performance? I got to go with Son of Sam. Ooh, Marganchul. I, I don't even know who this is. John Leguizamo? It's called Come The Infiltrator. On, I'm going to go with a tie between Romeo and Juliet and The Fan. Oh, I know who he is. Oh, The Fan. Remember when yeah. he was the sleazeball agent? Yeah. And, and Wesley went and the kid was like, hit a home run for me. Yeah. And, and then he went and he hit it. And then uh, Wesley Snipes was like, what about the kid? And Leguizamo was like, the kid? Uh, Johnny, forget about the kid. He was dead by the third inning. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, if you guys get a chance, seriously watch that movie because I think it's a top three Robert De Niro performance and it was just totally misunderstood. It's so and, good. and not misunderstood like John Belushi neighbors, okay? Not misunderstood like Geely, just like really fucking misunderstood. Yeah, yo. He was dead by the third inning. That's crazy, man. Uh, what else is going on? The high school announcer calling the girls N-word for kneeling. Did you that guys see that? That seemed a little unnecessary. Alphiad, as someone who works for like an unnamed company that may or may not broadcast scholastic athletics at various levels, can you imagine like being involved or even involved adjacent to a scenario like that? I would literally, I mean, I would just like move away. It would be bad. That would be really bad. It, it just was so fun. Like, why was he so upset? Because they were kneeling. Well, and this is the like, other thing. If I, ever, like, if, I ever so get, if I ever get to the point where I hate like more than 65% of the songs I'm playing, I'm going to find something else to do other than DJ. <clears throat> if you hate young women of color, Maybe you should try to call, like, fucking UFC or something. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Because that's only going to compound and metastasize and then end up exploding in a situation like this, you know, which in some ways is good because it sort of forces us to confront things. But it's not good because you never want to hear, you know, hurtful hurtful language like that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're Ben Shapiro and you want to criticize WNBA players, you know, eloquently, it's your right to be a dick face, but you can't be using fucking slurs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of slurs, Myers Leonard. What an idiot. <laughs> okay. Very quick NBA segment. Uh, what the fuck was is the joke that he was playing like a World War Two mission in Germany and maybe he was like on the German side. And so there's like a joke on the Internet that you use slurs like maybe if I'm trying to to kill the Germans and the Germans kill me, I say, fuck you, Kraut or something. Is that maybe I don't know. Part of this. I'm not to say that it's excusable. I'm not. Obviously. Obviously not. You know? 
It's pretty bad, man. That's a good point, though. I didn't think about that. I mean, I think I actually don't really even know what the word means, to be honest. I mean, I know it's a derogatory term for Jewish people, but I mean, honestly, I think he was just talking shit and just saying stuff. That's what, if I was his PR agent, I would come out and I would be like, I would have him do some shit and I would be like, remember how I designed the perfect PR statement for the Michael Jackson estate, Alphayed? Yeah. It would be some shit like this where I was just like, hey guys, like it's Myers. Uh, I just wanted to really apologize uh, to my fans and, you know, the entire South Florida community, the NBA community, and of course, uh, the Hebrew Israelite and Jewish community. Uh, in Call of Duty, sometimes when you're playing certain missions, you use uh, derogatory terms against the historic opponent you're going against uh for example you know if you get killed by a german you might say screw you kraut uh i understand that this is crude but that was the impetus of my usage of the word and i was not familiar with how hurtful it was i thought it was on the level of something else but now i realize that none of these words are okay and i'm very very sorry and i have you know, a lot of Jewish people in my life who, who I have to be accountable to. And a lot of people of all denominations that I, that I plan to be accountable to. That's how I would try to spin it, you know? Yeah. Been, you know, that's a good, that'd be good. But instead they're just like, yeah, suspended and like fine for the K. Well, it's like, all right, are we going to talk about, like, the underlying sort of, like, violent hate culture of gaming? That, like, remember that kid who got shot and killed? This is good. Yeah, that full was in circle Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Full circle, Alphayed. Yeah, that was obviously that there, kid, like, right before that. Dude, they said that kid was one of the only people who could run the football in Madden, like, in tournaments. Uh... And he was going to be one of the biggest stars in esports. And that kid came back and fucking shot him because he lost to him in the fucking tournament. It's unbelievable, dog. I know. and But I'm saying there's a connection, in my opinion. The, Myers Leonard using Kike in that thing. And then this kid coming back and fucking shooting the other kid. They're not completely unrelated, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the unfortunate part is that we're not going to talk about how those things are not completely unrelated. We're just going to suspend him one week. I mean, he probably won't stay on the heat. Mickey Arison is an Israeli businessman. So the owner of the heat and carnival cruise lines chairman. So I don't anticipate he'll probably end up getting picking up by like the Celtics or like the jazz. Damn. Are they, so they're going to cut him. I think they have to, but for now, I think what's happening right now, and Mark Inch will tell me what you think about this, is that the Players Association is like basically doing what I just did, perhaps not even as eloquently as I just did it, if I can toot my own horn. Maybe I should go work for NBAPA. But they're just basically like, fuck you guys, you know? He didn't, he didn't like spit on someone, you know? He didn't like, it's, I mean, it's still free speech, you know, technically. I mean, they're going to have to litigate the, um, the, you know, the, what's that clause, the conduct clause in the contract, you know, that's probably going to have to go to arbitration. Well, let, let me ask you guys a question. What's worse, 
tweeting out about how we're going to go get Jew money. Or saying, or <laughs> but Margetchul, that was a lyrical quote. He was quoting a rapper who was being complimentary, saying, I want to get money like Jewish people have. I, I mean, is when Jay Billis quotes a rap song, says an N-bomb in a tweet, is that okay? That's a false equivalency, though, because it's black music. So Jay Billis is a guest, whereas LeBron is the host of the cookout. But okay, I mean, I, fine. LeBron came out and apologized for that. And you know what? He was communicative, like Myers should have been. LeBron was like, I'm sorry. He was like, it was just... Myers, though. Myers did the same thing. No, what Myers did is much, much worse. Much, much worse. Don't you think, Al Hayad? What Myers did? Uh, yeah. Versus the tweet. LeBron uh, quoting a 2 chain song yeah. with Jay-Z yeah. that says... Margantual, he didn't no, quote, no, he no, didn't no, quote no. the Jay-Z lyric that says... That's why Jewish people own all property in America. That is borderline. He didn't quote that. No, here, here. Well, let me say the reason why I brought it up is because LeBron wasn't punished. So, I, I guess if you were asking what the punishment should be, I mean, but here, here's why I think LeBron's worse. What LeBron did was premeditated. He had to think about a tweet and then. Say and it. Jew is Jew. It's not a slur. But but talking about Jew money is yeah but no, like, okay not, but stereotype is still multiple steps down from slur and here's the other thing LeBron is black Myers Leonard is white also I thought Myers Leonard was Jewish like the most confusing thing about this entire thing is that a person named Myers Leonard is not partially tribe are we sure he's not I mean, if you I want to be it. fair, we're all descendants of the ancient Hebrew Israelites. No, I'm just kidding. But I thought he really might have been. I don't know. I doubt it. He probably, if he was, he probably would have played the, the card. You know what I mean? He probably would have said, I'm Jewish, so I was using it as a term of endearment or something. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. actually a Jew on Jew slur is the idea of it. It's a term that they would use against one another, from what I understand. All right, Alpha had Washington Wizards clinging to life. Let's have it. What do you think? I don't know. What seat are they in? I think they're still like in the play-in seat. But they've had some impressive contributions from Hachimura, from Mo Wagner, from Davis Bertans, from Denny Advia, speaking of Jews. Um, and of course, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal is leading the league in scoring. I think they're going to get what they want. They're going to get in the playoffs or the play-in game. You know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be nice. Well, I hope. You know, I'm rooting for them, but I, you know, I don't know about the Russie too fussy. I mean, what is their is their plan just to be just to keep Russie for the like? They're just like we're good with having Russell Westbrook. I mean, dude, for what it's worth, they're like ball handling and i know russ is not like a gifted passer or like a pure passer or like an instinctual passer and sometimes not even a willing passer but he does have the ability to be an effective passer you know and he is an elite ball handler and ball handling is one of those things that is getting kind of a little bit rare in the nba like Argentua, you watch with the warriors right wiggins can't really like bring the ball up the court, you know, fucking Draymond can kind of do it. But if you get someone Draymond? who's really good and get, get under him, he's going to have to give it up. So I think it is a good combination and they're starting to get bigs three, four and fives 
that are making these three pointers, you know, and that's what they need. They need those guys to keep space on the floor. Cause as long as the floor is space, Westbrook is like Brady. You got to protect Brady. He'll make completions. Westbrook, you space the floor. He'll get fucking buckets. Mm. How much money you guys think he's making this year? 40. Yeah. 41. Russell yep. That's a lot. And he's worth every fucking penny. Dude, he and KD and Harden literally like turned the Oklahoma City Thunder from like an expansion team into like, you know, a, probably one of the more valuable franchises, you know, upper half in the entire fucking league. They were the coolest team in the NBA for like three years. Yeah, fucking I, man. Um, Marginshul, the Warriors. Is James Wiseman a power forward? You know, I actually don't watch their games, so... <laughs> Here's what I've been thinking lately. I think their five best players are Kavon Looney, James Wiseman, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, or Kelly Oubre, if you want to play Oubre at the four and Wiseman at the five. But I think the thing is, I think James Wiseman, just because he's 7-1, I don't think that necessarily makes him a center. I think he's kind of more like an Anthony Davis. He wants to shoot from the elbow. He wants to shoot the tray. He's been very interesting to watch. I know LaMelo is a runaway rookie of the year. And shout out to Jeff Nadeau. I think all three of us said that we thought LaMelo was the best player, right? On the draft preview? I didn't, I don't think. Well, you weren't on that episode, but oh, okay. you didn't have LaMelo number one? No, but now now I do. I mean, I was wrong. And actually, Draymond, he was in the news recently because he basically said the Warriors should have taken LaMelo instead of... But here's it is easier for guards to be better right away and swing men right away. It's harder for bigs to be fucking awesome right away, I think. Gotta give it to the pigs, man. Well, I'm just saying, just because LaMelo is running away with this shit, I I don't think it's necessarily like a super big mistake by the Warriors yet. That being said, Michael Jordan definitely finally got lucky. Dude, his draft picks have been so bad, dude. Brian Windhorst was reading off their like last 15 first-round picks, and you were like, holy shit. Every Malik, single one failed. Malik Monk and Kemba Walker are the only guys who are, I think, still relevant or playing. What about I Michael think, Gilchrist? It, yeah, and Bismack. You know what I'm saying? But like, like Kaminsky, dog. It, Kaminsky actually having a kind of interesting renaissance backing up Dario Saric in Phoenix. I like it. Dario Saric having a really awesome year. Dario. As a power forward, it's pretty fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, Margantual, I mean, it's been pretty interesting to see uh, LaMelo Ball. I mean, listen, LeVar said he was the best one, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, it's just the first time that we saw him, he was so young. You know, he was 14 or 15 or something. And I remember seeing highlights on ESPN and I just thought, you know, this kid sucks. He's not going to be any good. But I didn't, I didn't take into account how young he was. It is confusing, um, though, because his defensive commitment and focus has been like he, you're watching him in the Australian League was like that video of Giannis. You kind of didn't know what to make of it to a certain extent. Like I was just going on the fact that Lonzo went toe to toe with De'Aaron Fox in the NCAA and they're both now like starting guards in the NBA. So my position was LaMelo is taller and appears to be a more natural shooter. 
So I think he's going to be at least as good as Lonzo Ball, which in this draft I think is is the highest floor to the point where he should be the number one pick. The Warriors may still trade Wiseman. The Warriors could make a fucking splashy ass trade still. You know, they could trade like Ubre and Wiseman and the Timberwolves pick for you know, something, but I don't think anybody's going to give up anything. The wizards, the good news for you, Alphite is the wizards are definitely not trading Beal now. Good. Yeah. You got to get them another scoring title this year. And then next year you try to got to get a top four seed and make like an MVP candidacy for Beal. Wow. And Westbrook can do that. He supported KD on KD's way to MVP. What? Remember? Um, the year I KD? am being told right now that there has been a new celebrity nude leak. Nice. Oh, God. The fappening. It's called the fappening. Is it a man or a lady? It's a lady. Oh, God. I hope they're of age. Oh, she's of age. It's Kristen Stewart. 235. Oh, really? Uh, pictures plus video. We have six photos and masturbating video. <laughs> All right. Well, we like you guys can talk about that on the juice pod. No pun intended. Oh my. Do we have? God. Let's. We can talk off air about that. But I want to thank you guys. We've been on for a while. Marganshul. Maybe we can touch base uh, before the final four and yeah. uh, do an NFL draft preview or something like that. Wait. Can I just do one more March Madness? Please. No. Yeah. Down. So you guys remember, you guys remember, I think it was two years ago when the FBI investigation story broke. Oh, I was so pissed, man. I don't want to see yeah. Chuck Person, the rifleman, doing time over this bullshit. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's really doing true time, but it was kind of before the tournament started. It, it was basically, you know, whoever wins, it's going to be vacated anyway. So who cares? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think because Louisville had their 2013 title vacated, I think not that long before that. So it was just assumed, you know, whatever. So I'm kind of tracking those teams this this tournament. I'm fucking pissed off that Arizona self-imposed a uh, postseason ban because none of the other teams did. And um, I'm pissed off that Oklahoma State's allowed to play because uh, Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft, the number one um, recruit last year, he chose to go to go to Oklahoma State just because his brother was an assistant coach there. Well, he's from Oklahoma, right. though, right? Yeah, yeah, but but they were so the Thunder the have to trade up for him. Well, no, but I was bringing it up from the college perspective of like, why would you? They were banned from the postseason, so why would you go? I but think then, they were more banned because Sean, what's his name, just made such a fucking mess. Yeah, well, well, I, I bring it up because. They're, because they're appealing it, they're allowed to the the band. They're allowed to play. So I don't know how that works and how they didn't resolve that beforehand. Um, and then also watching UCL, I mean um, LSU play in the SEC title game today with Will Wade. Do you guys remember fucking Will Wade, the head coach of LSU? Oh yeah. He was recorded on FBI wiretap, right? Wiretaps talking about quote strong ass offers that he was making to recruits and talking about how they, this recruit was literally going to make more money at LSU than he would as a rookie in the NBA. Let me see if I can find that quote. He literally was like, it's a strong-ass offer. I gave him it was a strong-ass fucking... I mean, are you kidding me? Like, how is he still allowed... How is LSU allowed in the tourney when this happened? I, I, I seriously, it's dumb. The, thund, the Thunder have to... The Thunder are just going to empty the vault to get to number one to take Cade Cunningham, right? 
Because that's their mm-hmm. only hope of keeping a player long term is getting someone who's from Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they they didn't go after Trey Young aggressively, I guess, but uh, Trey Young wasn't uh, gonna play in no fucking OKC. He's from he's from Norman. Yeah, I know. He, but come on, man, it's trigger Trey, dude. The guy is he's like a fucking modern day member of DeBarge. He's not fucking staying in Oklahoma. <laughs> Cade Cunningham strikes me as someone who would Mike, because for him it'll be like he's going to the big city. You know, Oklahoma City. Where did Trey Young go to college? Oklahoma. Yeah, that's right. But but so I was watching ESPN the other day, and then Mina Kimes is talking about how Arizona should be an, an attorney. Oh, my God. And I was like, if you're paid to talk about sports, you need to fucking know that. Like, Arizona is not eligible for the attorney. You need to fucking know that before you open your dumb mouth. So... Um, I just wanted to end on that from uh, NCA. Oh, that's awesome. I agree. That's a great place to end. I like it. All right. Triple DJ Podcast. We're fucking out of here. Well, happy St. Patty's Day to everybody. Uh, Celebrate responsibly. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. All right. Peace. Peace.